Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. I'm so glad you guys are here today. What an incredible interview we have with Sean and Helena Bonito. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll just jump right into it. Why don't I? Um, Sean has been on the podcast before, and I have to be honest, I think you'll get the most value out of this interview if you listen to his other interview first. Uh, we talked all about like porn induced erectile dysfunction and his experience with it and the struggle and the challenges and how it played into his marriage and how it plays into the work that he does today. Uh, but what was really cool about this interview is that it's not just Sean, it's Helena. And so I really spent a lot of time actually asking Helena questions, getting her side of it. Um, and these guys just have this incredible story of like, man, I mean, they had the worst situation you can imagine, just like tons of addiction. It was hidden. It was in secret. They got married. Helena thought everything was under control. Everything surfaced. It blew up. Then it turned out Helena struggled with porn too and had the sexually abusive past. And, um, you know, like early on in marriage, like everything was super rocky. They found a way to work through it. They've rebuilt trust. Their marriage has never been better. And it's really only the last two and a half years or so that they're starting to actually walk in new levels of you know freedom and trust in their relationships and uh, all that good stuff and so it was a kind of a cool interview because um we we kind of went through their story and then we would take moments to pause in their story and talk about like oh this is interesting like um because maybe people would typically do this why did you guys do it this way or, or would you do this differently next time and you know why was this so helpful and oh, why did you do that? That was weird. You know, like we just, we kind of got to like do like a case study together, but obviously it's super conversational. You guys get to hear a very compelling story and they're just phenomenal people that I just deeply admire and respect. And these guys are up to some pretty incredible things. I mean, they've been specialized and certified in a bunch of different areas, but really, especially with like inner child stuff, uh, origin story, those are like their jam. Um, and they have a, a, an organization called Secret Habit, which really focuses on, you know, bringing resources to people that are struggling, couples, individuals, and the like. And then they have incredible coaching programs as well if people are looking to get a bit more help. So you guys get opportunities to learn all of that. But um, but I just I, I just think you're going to learn a ton. This is a very gripping story, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. You know, one thing that Sean said to me that I've still been thinking about is he said recovery can be an idol. And that just hit me, man. You know when you just hear someone say something, and you're like, whoa, I never thought about that. But that is unbelievably true. And as he started to explain it and stuff, I was like just shocked at the wisdom of that statement and uh, still sitting on that one a little bit. So uh, I know you guys are going to enjoy it. There's tons of nuggets like that, especially at the end. Uh, it gets really good and we get into some really practical stuff. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Without further ado, guys, enjoy my conversation with Sean and Helena Bonito. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Well, I'm here with Sean and Helena Bonito, and what a treat. We've had Sean on the podcast before, but we have Helena here as well, and I'm so excited to have you both. Welcome. Hey, Sophia. Hey, thank you for having us. It's good to be back, and it's good to be here with the better half. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been really cool seeing what you guys are up to. Uh, Sean, we've talked about this before, but there's lots of 
male coaches out there helping men quit. Um, some of them work with women as well. But you guys have your own experience of kind of like, Sean, you getting clean, working through betrayal trauma for you, Helena. And now you guys are offering resources and services to help people um, in either arena or, you know, working with couples who have both sides of the equation. So I think there's a lot for us to talk about. I, I guess maybe before we dive too deep into it, um, I'd love to hear a little bit of your story, uh, maybe more through Helena's lens, if that's okay, just because, Sean, we've heard some of your story before. Um, so, so Sean, maybe you can just give us a recap of kind of your the, your recovery timeline, like how long it's, it was, uh, when you started to pursue recovery, and then, um, and then maybe once we get into like you meeting Helena, we'll switch over to her and hear her so, side of it. Yeah, I know. This is great, man. This is what happened. We're on Dr. Joe's podcast, and he's like, Sean, we've heard you before. I just want to hear Helena's <laughs> Oh, that's all good. She's the secret sauce, the secret habit. <laughs> yeah, just recapping, man, and we'll have Helena chime in more after. But I, I saw pornography around 10. Really, it was a season of my life where mom and dad became very emotionally distant from me. So that void was there, filled it with pornography. And it became what I would say, like my best friend. It became that protective layer, that, that filling of what I thought was a filling of a void. And that led into... Um, pornography, masturbation addiction around 13 that led into sex addiction at, you know, 17, 18, we started experimenting, had erectile dysfunction at 19. That was really what our last podcast was about. So yes. that was a mind boggling experience for a healthy 19 year old kid. And then from there, that's actually around 22, I found the Lord. And that was uh, when my mindset started changing towards what I was doing, but the addiction was still rampant. And that's actually around the time I met Helena. So my okay. timeline of addiction, a 14-year struggle with pornography and masturbation that included erectile dysfunction. I didn't actually quit until I was 25 on my 25th birthday. And now it's been over five and a half years of freedom. So let's go. Really in the midst of my struggle, darkest season of my life, I met Helena. And that was her first day in Canada on a working visa from the Czech Republic. <laughs> so this is where she comes in. Incredible story of God. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's totally like you can make that out, you know, the way that Sean and I met. And um, yeah, so you might hear a little bit of an accent, just a slight one. I'm from the Czech Republic. And that's yeah, that's how when I met Sean, you know, that was my first day in uh, in Canada. And it was just this um, it was sort of like a fairy tale story, if I can say that. It, it sounds is. like it. <laughs> it was it started like that. But, um, you know, like fairy tale stories are are sort of funny because they just only share the the really light side, but not really the difficult side of things. And yeah. And so wait, just before you jump into the difficult side, what like how did why were you in Canada and how did you guys cross paths day one? Like we need a little bit of detail here before you go to the other side <laughs> of it. Um, I didn't want to talk too much about myself, but yeah, let's uh no, it's it's uh I my my heart was really to see the mountains in in Canada and God really called me to uh I just really felt the calling on my heart to go there. Um I was actually doing I was doing my license for coaching for horses and God was like, "No, I want you to go now." And mm -hmm. he had a plan. Like he had a plan for me to go to Canada for a reason and that's kind of how, kind of how Sean and I met. And my background, I have a really um, difficult story. So when I met Sean, I was in a place of like, uh, I didn't want to date anybody. I was very like, 
uh, I just, you know, a year prior, I went through a really difficult breakup through uh, betrayal. And mm. so I was just like, I was just happy with Jesus. You know, I met Jesus like a year right in the time of betrayal. I met, I, I, I found out about Jesus and really about, um, he really saved me. And like, mm. I found all of the, all of the longings I have, I've, I found in him. And that was just mind-blowing uh <laughs> that all of my emotions all of the things that i was dealing with i have this perfect this this perfect god that soothes all of me all of the things that i was going through and, and that was so so it was that's kind of just mind-blowing to me yeah. and i yeah so when i met sean i was in this place like i'm like perfectly happy this way <laughs> and um i was just kind of very independent and so Sean had a lot to <laughs> go through <laughs> this way. Um, and I was, yeah, so, so that was kind of a place of mine. I was, and a plus I was like very, like I didn't want somebody with that uh, has anything to do with pornography or like, or not that I didn't, I just wanted, I wanted a Christian and I thought that like Christians just don't watch pornography. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense, though. How would you know otherwise, right? If you didn't grow yeah, up with it? Exactly. I had no idea. And, so, and I ruined everything. I just, <laughs> I just thought like Christians, you know, like I'm going to be so safe if I like if I ever am with somebody then it would be Christian and I'm going to be safe. Like there's. Gonna yeah. Be and so um, when, you know, I found out Sean is a Christian, like, like I was just so excited, you know, There's, <laughs> because my story with with understanding pornography is, you know, I actually uh, had problem with pornography myself. I started watching when I was about 10, nine or 10 and uh, um, and got into some really like uh, like abusive relationships because of watching pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like anything is just is another way of soothing, like for men, that that's for women as well. Um, it's just another way of soothing myself and my pain and that, you know, just always trying to find a way that I could, I could be loved. And pornography was like, just the worst thing to, to give me an example of how women should be treated. And so I yeah. didn't really know how I should be treated and that I should have a standard, uh, for myself and for like how I want to be treated. And so that was just, that's kind of what it, like my background was abuse and, and just all of like pain. And so that's kind of what I'm saying when I'm, you know, when I found Jesus and when he found me, it was like, I was, I found comfort and I found somebody who was perfectly comforting me. And so Mm. meeting Sean, I just like, didn't know that like, yeah, (laughs) Christians are struggling as well. And it's good to mention, Czech Republic is like 1.5% evangelical Christian. So Helena's frame of even finding Christians was zero mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. so i was this knight in shining armor apparently yeah <laughs> yeah he was yeah I, like he tra- he treated me really well and uh, i just kind of i liked his charisma and we yeah we hit it off really early on like we we connected so on some ch- such like deep topics and values and um and yeah, it was so beautiful. Like I, I would say, that was a really beautiful season of yeah. us getting to know each other. So this is interesting because um, obviously, so Sean, obviously, you have this um, 
the struggle with pornography. And you're, uh, if I heard you right, you were, you still had that in your life when you met Helena. Is that correct? Yeah, very much. That was, that yeah. was like the, the darkest season I'd been in before. So you're in like the darkest season. Helena, you like God has told you to move to Canada. So you're just being obedient, but you're also very content being single. You guys meet each other. But then Helena, you also have like this history. Um, and so I guess the million dollar question is like, who, who brought it up first? Like who, who made the first move here to actually broach the subject? Ah, it yeah. was, it was me. That's Sean. I was at a recovery group at my church one night and this younger guy, like maybe mid thirties came that night and was sharing that his marriage was in the shambles, was in the pit uh, mm -hmm. because his wife found out about his porn addiction and they have a kid and it just really scared me. And the fact that he was young, it really scared me. And I was like, I got to hop on Zoom tonight and tell Helena that I struggle with porn. And okay. how long have you been together at this point? Three months. Okay. So pretty early on. Okay. Yeah, it was three months together, but it was all long distance. We met and then Helena went up to like six oh. hours away four days after we met. Yeah, I was living like in the middle of nowhere in complete yeah. wilderness. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to be in the mountains, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, like, honestly, we would be text messaging. I would be watching porn. We would say, hey, do you want to hop on Skype and talk? I would pause the porn and talk to Helena and then go right back to it. Like, this is how it was so easy to hide. And that's why I was so convicted when I saw this guy, his marriage in shambles. Like, it really felt like we met for a reason. Mm. So was really convicting but the problem is what i told helena is i'm going to a recovery group for pornography addiction which made it sound like i'm actually doing the work and <laughs> i'm really going because they had pretty good worship music and it like a, it was like two dollars for dinner <laughs> so i really wasn't doing any of the work it was just a place for me to sort of fit in where people cared about me but it wasn't a very healthy environment where they were challenging you to grow and actually get out of your addiction. So I found comfort being there, but not in a way of actually being challenged to grow. So it was very easy to tell Helena, like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Like it's good. And you, you can trust me. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then Helena, how about for you? So when did your, your side, like the abusive relationships and your own pornography viewership, when did that come to light in the relationship? That's such a good question to ask. I I was it's actually many people don't realize like that's to ask something like that. Yeah, it's a uh for me it was uh I the biggest thing for me was just realizing that I have a story too and that was when I uh we started having sex and I saw like there is something there's something off like yes hmm. There, first of all, that seems to seems to be with like Sean. Just like it just seemed like there was something off. And so, I, sorry, I something off on your side. Something felt off, or with Sean, you observed something was off. So both ways. So I observed okay. something was wrong with Sean, and I observed like something was off with me. Hmm. And and it made me realize like I am like actually when when we start having sex, like it's this it's this such an intimate and vulnerable moment that you're basically facing each other with nakedness. Mm. And I do believe that there is something that happens that like is very revealing without you even have to say anything. Yeah, and, yeah that's true. And that's kind of what happened. I was like, there is 
some untold parts of me that are being triggered right now and um, by what Sean is doing. And there is some untold parts of Sean that I felt like, I just felt like we weren't honest. Uh, hmm. And I realized that through us having sex, that we weren't honest with each other. And that's kind of where I was like, um, it, it took me actually a while to to say that to Sean, but that was the first kind of moment that I started realizing that. Yeah. And then when Sean started to, um, like when he was lying to me, um, and then I would find out then, uh, and then we kind of did uh, this kind of strange disclosure that everything just blew up and I just blew up as well and told him everything about me. And yeah. we were on bed and like yes. just talking to everything maybe, maybe strange isn't the right word it was uh it was a mess a mess yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so when was like when in the relationship did this happen like then, how far how long have you guys been together at this point a year and a half year and a half yes yeah, so i was yes. already i was already sober from pornography okay i came out and shared like i you know i was even masturbating while you were struggling with porn and I didn't know that so it was like actually so much came out mm -hmm. and that was a really pivotal moment of wow like this is honesty this is authentic this is scary yeah okay so so just to make sure I understand so at three months Sean you have this like pseudo disclosure um like not really but you know you at least say I'm going to this group and you kind of make it look like you know you got things under control um, somewhere along the way, you guys become sexually active in the relationship. And Helena, that's when you start to realize, oh, something doesn't feel right here, both on your end and on his end, which I have to chuckle at because it, um, I think guys, like we like to think that we're better at hiding stuff than we are. And it's so funny <laughs> how like in all these stories, the woman always knows, right? So I, I, I just feel like that's so classic. Um, and then it's a year and a half into the relationship where you guys have this big this big moment or this big event where now like the the real truth comes out on on both sides is that is that correct yes yeah, so i had shared with helena when i first relapsed as a married man which was about three months into marriage so three months ah, into okay months into marriage there's this theme here but okay. it's really this like classic sean getting up in the middle of the night going to the bathroom masturbating to pornography and I walked back to the bedroom like for the first time ever watching porn and masturbating and seeing my wife in my bed is like this gift that God has given me to enjoy this one fleshness with and I'm still abusing hmm. what I used to abuse and now I'm abusing, I'm abusing her and it was that I had this bodily response like burning but my body was on fire and I just felt like I was in hell like it was this wow crazy experience I could not go back to sleep and, and I just felt like I cannot go any longer without telling Helena that I actually am fully addicted and I have no idea what to do. So that was really groundbreaking. And that's also part of where the betrayal really started. Yeah, well, <laughs> it kind of was like these little like Sean not telling me and I also throughout the time I had to find out. And that right. was just kind of like this slow cut after cut. I was like, why can't you just tell me the truth? Like, I love you. I want to just know you. Like, I wanted to know you. But, you know, I obviously didn't want to be known either. Yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, I have this past and I am not, you know, I'm not sharing it either, but I am expecting him to share parts of him. So that was kind of interesting. But I, I, I it was just when it was kind of happening and, and my 
I was also being triggered from my past, from what happened to me and the betrayal that happened before an affair. I just felt like it just really started bubbling inside of me, just this like, I felt so brokenhearted and I didn't know what to do with it. And I felt like I'm not allowed to be brokenhearted. Mm. Like I'm not allowed. I am, I am supposed to be the strong one. I'm supposed to like not be uh, jealous. I'm supposed to not be angry. I'm supposed to just uh, be this sweet, forgiving, loving wife that never is going to share that she's in pain. Um mm. And I, I felt like I wasn't actually allowed to. Um, and so I actually real like when I slowly start realizing that I am actually allowed to, and that is part of me being known as well, mm. it started to like really open up mm. some mm -hmm. floodgates um, that Sean needed to hear, like how it's affecting me. Yeah. And yeah. he needed to see the natural consequences. Like I believe that there's there to pornography it's it's just the design you know i do believe like when I, I shared with sean that there is going to be natural consequences i don't have to do anything yeah. simply just you keep watching pornography there's going to be because i know myself i used to watch pornography there's a natural consequence in order that mm. are going to happen when you are going to watch pornography that's me doing nothing it's just simply it's going to erode our trust erode our relationship and is just going to damage naturally without yes. me doing anything and and I, I told him but there's also natural consequences good like almost like consequences that are good that are kind of happen natural cause of things is going to happen when you stop watching pornography it's just going to naturally cause us to grow together it naturally is going to cause that so so and and later on if if there is like a healthy understanding of sexuality and integrity i do believe that it's going to trickle down into marriage and to to our kids to our ancestry like yeah. imagine that imagine if this happens and i wanted to show him uh the natural consequences natural cause of things that i am not okay with and i think that was really important for me to kind of bring up and to be able to speak out about um and speaking about how i really feel and who i really am yeah uh, so look can i just pause you for a sec because i think this is actually super important um for so many reasons number one is that porn addiction and sexual issues have been stigmatized as a male thing and so it's really hard for women to actually share about this stuff um it's hard for anybody to share about it, obviously, because it's so private and taboo. But the layer of stigma is additional for a woman. And then the other thing you're mentioning, I think, I mean, granted, like not tons of women are listening, but I know how many women have that experience of like, I just have to be the submissive wife um, and, you know, just kind of go with the flow and don't show the weakness, don't show the pain. And if I'm going to do it, like maybe do it with my girlfriends or whatever, but don't do it with my husband. And um, my wife and I uh, did an interview a little while back um, and I shared on that interview about how I had to teach my wife how to stand up to me, um, which a lot of guys would be like, bro, why would you ever do that? Like, are you dumb? But for me, I'm like, well, no, I want I don't want like this unequal kind of like balance in the relationship. I want my wife to stand up for me so that when I'm being unreasonable or I'm not like giving her the value that she she knows she deserves, that she's actually comfortable, you know, doing that. And so I have to be like, Shaloma, no, this this is a moment where you need to stand. You know, like I would literally coach her through those moments. Um, 
because I, I, to me, I just think this is so supremely important. And it's the only way we can change the narrative uh, about how these dynamics should function in a relationship in our society. So uh, anyways, a super long uh, prequel here. But all of that is to say, Helena, what gave you the boldness to actually overcome some of these classic fears that I think a lot of women experience and to actually reveal your side of what was going on? I believe that I was so desperate that I was looking at my life and I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes hmm. because I know that I can keep this myself. And if I don't say anything, I, I don't contribute to anything as well. Mm, yeah, that's exactly so I, it. So I really felt like I want, I do, I've believed that there is possibility for healing. I was not okay. Hmm. I was not okay to settle like this. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was saying to myself, I'm going to do whatever it takes on my part to not settle like this. Wow. Okay. Okay. So then, so you guys have this conversation, everything kind of comes out and surfaces. Um, you're kind of like, I love what you said about the natural consequences as well, because I think that part is often missed in this conversation. Cause we know, like, we know, like the Jesus covers all of our sins. We know that we can be healed and restored. Um, and then there's an element of like, yeah, there are some natural consequences to this also. Um, I guess I'm, I'm curious, like at what point in the marriage, cause you guys are married now. Um, at what point does it feel like like things are maybe moving positively because i know sean you talked about how like you were in like the darkest place of your life you know when you guys first met um yeah. and then now all this stuff is surfacing i can just imagine how like you know unstable probably the marriage felt at certain times at what what was going on when things started to feel like they were moving back in the right direction yeah yeah i think the biggest thing was when i finally quit pornography you know, it was my 25th birthday back in august 2017 i think it was like three months i usually have this reference of again three months i just <laughs> we actually started feeling different at least i did helena was obviously wrestling with that dynamic of the man feels amazing and then the woman's actually going through betrayal so this is a huge yeah problem. i had a revelation that like i'm actually not doing okay so yeah so that's yeah, really weird Sorry, I was just saying, it's probably weird, Helena, right? Because you're like, oh, I should be so happy because like my husband's doing better. It's probably weird to have that internal conflict. Yeah, 100%. yeah I, I'm just going to say something to this. I think that is really important for a man to understand how the, the trust operates. And we can talk about it a little bit further in a little bit. But just uh, the, the reality, like, would you say somebody, and this is actually what's happening to most women, when you actually, when there is a like rocked, uh, the trust and and it's damaged the trust and the safety of that relationship like many women actually experience ptsd like symptoms yes um which is imagine okay somebody comes back from the war and now they're back home in their safety and everything's still like everything is different now right like they are actually in a safe place now like they shouldn't be worried they shouldn't be over like um they shouldn't have to worry that some some building is going to fall on them or like they're going to be killed or whatever is happening. They shouldn't be hypervigilant, but they mm -hmm. are naturally like the body is naturally hypervigilant because it hasn't had a chance to work through what actually has happened. And would you say to that person, hey, like, shouldn't you just be happy or back home? Like uh, mm -hmm. there's nothing to worry anymore. And we don't wow. really 
contribute to these things that there is time for this these things it actually like how it rocks the women internally because the safety and the one of the like primal things for women is the safety and, and security and I, I believe that just the way that it rocks them uh that like do I can, can I even trust this person anymore like I actually gave all of my life to this person and now I, and he's been lying to me so like can I actually trust him anymore in, in my life um, and, and so there's just so much going on, the hypervigilancy that is happening. That is literally just a natural body's response after trauma. Yeah. And so it's just super important for people to understand, like you would say that to somebody who just came from war. So yeah. there's needs to be really like a, a, a compassionate and a, and a waiting season, a lot, a lot of time for the women to process what happened. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I've never, I've never heard that metaphor before, but that's, that really does put it in perspective. Um, and I think people underestimate, like, I, I think sometimes people hear the studies and they're like, oh yeah, so someone who experiences betrayal trauma, it's like PTSD, but no, it, it actually is PTSD. Like the severity of it is just the same as anything else that would be traumatizing. Um, so thank you for that. That's really helpful. Um, so then, so Sean, you're feeling better because you've yeah. like, you've quit, you're gaining some traction here. Um, and then Helena, you're kind of wrestling with like, oh, I'm happy for him, but also like, don't trust the guy and have been hurt several times. So yes. um, just really quick, Sean, what were you doing that like got you to this place where things were rocking and rolling? Yeah. So for me, I was really doing that deep internal work. I actually went through this really I would call it intensive, like 30 day journaling program, which I had never done anything like that. And it got deep into the heart of my pain, which was hmm. so much anger at my family, so much remorse at my, my teenage years of, I had tons of injuries. So I missed out on tons of life and I had all these regrets. I had all this hatred in my heart and I had never known how to name it. And hmm. it was amazing. Not to say that was like, wow, I'm free from everything now, but that was incredible to actually on paper, see what is inside my heart and begin to start doing something about it. And yeah, there's this one element where Helena was unsure. Like I've been a, an addicted, I've been an addict for 14 years. It's hard to trust somebody after two or three months of sobriety, but I know I was changing. Like I was actually inside out changing and it was hard to deny that. Like I would go to bed every night and I just had this conviction. I said, I would actually say to Helena, babe, I really feel like God wants to bless us in this recovery thing. Like, I'm just like so excited and I just, I don't want to mess up anymore. And it was just like, I was so convicted that God was doing something bigger than just like Sean sober. That's cool. And I think Helena was able to see that not dimi diminishing the betrayal, but I think there was definitely some signs that I was changing. I was a very negative person. I was in a dark season and I yeah. think it was like, wow, Sean is actually changing, not just behaviorally, but from the inside out. Wow. Okay. And then, um, Helena, for you, when, when were you starting to get like some, um, I guess some clarity or when were you starting to be able to work through some of the betrayal trauma yourself? Yeah. So for me, it, uh, it was kind of like, uh, my friend, uh, that I, that I met, it was, she was just very, she was understanding of betrayal trauma and she was leading the uh, pure desire women's group. She's just amazing woman. Hmm. And I really need like Sean is, can be really good. And like, uh, just say his, 
his part. And I really need these kind of people in my life that are not afraid to offend me. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that. And she would just tell me like straight point blank. And she was like, Helen, I, I see like there is some parts of you that like are not resolved. And like you have you have a certain and we need to talk. And hmm. she was just like compassionate, but she was very like straightforward and and um uh, she can be she can be very straightforward like uh, and I like that I really like that I find it like these people have helped me the most they're actually not afraid to tell me what they think yeah. and so that was like a really big help from the outside I would say um, that I had somebody who actually pointed it out and I had a chance to talk to yeah so were were the like underlying elements of the betrayal trauma in any way linked to the underlying elements of why you were watching porn in your earlier years? Is there any like correlation between those aspects? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I would say that there has definitely been like, just the, the why I was watching pornography comes more from the understanding now I can see that of uh like my mom leaving at when I was five she was start working overseas and uh also my dad being very distant and so I just really had this longing to um sort of like just be soothed like my emotions to be soothed uh my my internal just kind of I it couldn't see myself being having worth and so that had a lot played a lot with identity. My mom, my, like my parents would never kind of, it's kind of a different culture. So like saying proud of me, I'm proud of you. It's just never been something that has been said because like parents being afraid that you're actually going to be proud. Right. And that's, you know, so I kind of created this like a little secret world that I felt like I was desired you know, I would kind of like play off of what was in the pornography to think, oh, like I'm being desired, I'm being wanted, I'm being seen, um, I'm being loved. And that's what I thought. And I thought that's what men like. And then that's I would went on that journey to. Um, so there is a collaboration between that where I would I would. I would sort of try to copy what is in pornography to make myself desirable. And then, but actually I would sort of also attract that kind of man that would then right. like, like the women in pornography. And I never realized that coloration. And then obviously then betrayal would happen if I am connecting with these kind of men, they mm. kind of treat me like a piece of meat. So then uh, with no brain, and then you are just, you're, you're sort of treated that way. Hmm. And you have no standard as a woman because you haven't been taught standard. I And, and then even for yourself and for what your your relationship want to be like. So I felt like that's where I really like biblically when I found the Lord, that's when it totally rocked me. And that, that, you know, just being able to even understand that, like, that's where my worth comes from first. And then I, I then I deal with everything else the second way. So then I was able to even when I met Sean, like I had I had a standard of what I wanted from my guy. So like I wouldn't just like marry any guy. You know, I remember like Sean, maybe he was watching pornography, but he had a standard of the fact that he's willing. And I knew this guy mm. is a willing guy. And I know <laughs> that that's that's what I can work with. I just can't work with somebody who is in denial and who is like, or I can be with somebody who's just like, oh, this is totally fine. I'm like totally fine with this. 
or is not willing to seek uh, help and understanding. And it just, that was huge for me. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I love that. Cause I, I know a lot of people ask us, you know, either through the podcast or Instagram, like, Hey, if I'm struggling, like, am, should I be just single? Am I allowed to date? And that's what we always tell people is we're like, Hey, you, you don't have to have your ducks perfectly in a row. Like that's not how dating and relationships work. Um, but you should have some indicators that things are going in the right place. And I, I like, I like the word that you use there. Like he's willing, like you saw that there was, um, an earnest effort, you know, and it is hard to do something about it. And I think that that's really, really powerful. So uh, one question that I, I would love to ask you guys, because I think, um, some people might be surprised to hear that, like the marriage didn't just instantly recover as soon as Sean is doing better. Um, and I guess my question is, when did the, st the marriage start doing better? What was going on in Sean's world? And Helena, what was going on in your world when the marriage together actually felt like, you know, it was moving forward again? Mm. That's a good, good question. Very yeah. good question. Yeah. So the three months happened that kind of everything came out starting to, I was starting to feel like I was recovering. Uh, and then it wasn't too long after that, maybe five months into recovery, I started feeling God calling me to use my story. I actually felt like I was going to write a book and started creating like YouTube videos. Helena created me a, a free Wix website on shambonato.com. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. At that point, Helena was supportive of me doing what God was saying, but she wasn't really on board yet. She was still going through her own healing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was supportive of what but I would say like for me, it was I had a like during the first year of Sean's recovery, I was very skeptical. Yeah. Uh, like I was hopeful, but I was careful. Um, I couldn't be like 100. So like I wanted to support him. So that's what I felt. But even, you know, it's kind of like because I was going through still that I, I was still healing the first year for Sean, it was a different timeline than it was for yeah. me. I would say like, yeah, for, but I would say for you and I both together, huh? And I would just say that that was probably, uh, not until we like moved here. So, which is like yeah. two years after recovery. Yeah. I was going uh, to say about was, a year and a half. We yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Year and a half. We started like being on the same page and then two years really came together and started secret habits. <laughs> Slip like that that happened when we were traveling so uh that definitely played like and he and i had I again had to find out on my own mm. uh so that played in a part of like me even prolonging how i felt again and i was like i don't understand this like why uh why did that happen yeah um, so, okay, hold on. Sorry, you, you just mentioned this twice now and I, I wanted to ask you earlier and didn't get a chance. So you're finding out on your own. Can you just be a bit more specific? Do you mean that like you're seeing something on a device or are you asking questions to try to get the truth because something feels off? Like just give some details around this. this I think this is going to be helpful for the guys to hear. Yeah, well, this is really crazy. And this is not just me. This has happened to like a lot of women is literally I felt like I, well, this was like, it happened. I was just like, I was just on my, on the, on Sean. I was like, I'm just going to look at pic Sean's pictures. And I saw a message from Sean's friend. And it was kind of like, like him checking in on him. And it was like, kind of weird. I don't usually check Sean's phone. I was like, totally like after that. And, uh, and like, it was so random. I like went on his phone, like super random. And yeah, I checked on it. And I was like, I saw a message like, and, and Sean actually saying this friend that he like, 
uh, he basically he relapsed and I was like and it, like I was waiting for him to say something this was I, almost a week after a relapse and he still didn't say anything to me and so I was uh. like waiting for him to say to me something I was just really waiting that I wanted to give him the opportunity to say something okay and, and, and Sean sorry just to pause but Sean did you have any intent to to tell her or or were you yeah, were that, you not sure that classic story of like i'm waiting for the right time you know or yeah <laughs> long story short it was like we were we were out traveling across canada um i went on instagram twice and started searching for anything and everything and it was not a full blown you know masturbation relapse but it was a relapse and i felt like it was i was justifying it you know we're traveling right now there's a better time to tell her you know let's just enjoy this 20-day travel across canada i don't want to ruin it all of these we all hear it right so feel like those are the justifications we hear every day from the guys we work with yeah it's like ah yeah, oh, yeah. Like helena finding out was 20 times worse than if i told her oh it was 100 times worse 100 times because... worse. <laughs> <laughs> expecting him to be my my wow. expectation and it is not for him to be perfect i am not perfect but it is just simply to be honest because mm. that's what i really long for that's the only way that connection and and I, I and i was like how many times do i have to tell you it actually like disrespects me as to how like disrespects like how the you don't want to go in depth with me yeah and that's just really hurt like i want you like i want to feel safe with each other that we can like share these things together and like him not telling me that it's just like him again lying to my face yeah. and that's just like so much hurtful than actual the action of what he did right huh yeah that's a that's a really good point so um so at what point for you, Helena, did you start to feel like something changed? Because you mentioned like that first year, there was always that you're like you're happy for him. But in the back of your head, you're like, well, maybe you haven't seen exactly this before. But because you've had to find out other pieces of information on your own, you don't like any day, I suppose, something new could surface. Right. So I, yeah. I totally get that. At, it, at what point does that maybe start to disappear from your thinking? Yeah. That's a really yeah. good question. Yeah, for me, it took, uh, I, I would, I had up and down, ups and downs. So I would like yeah. went this where I was like really good. And then something maybe even triggering for me happened. I think people forget that even like women are going through things that are triggering to them. Right. And so then I would go back, back into just kind of maybe for a month. And, but when it would completely, I would say this is a long term, like I, I needed to, uh, like I hired somebody, like I had a coach that helped me really with like my understanding of my body and food and uh, how I grew up. And that was super helpful. So I would say that, that I, I, for, I really didn't realize how much that played in a part mm -hmm. of me, like actually going back in those things that are very triggering. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really helpful thing for me. And I would say that was not until I didn't do that until like, I would say two, two years, three years into three, three years into yeah. recovery. And oh, wow. Yeah. And that's when I would say the thing is, I would do a lot of things like people wouldn't know that I was still not doing well. Um, but I would say like that was a pivotal moment for me to just like I don't have triggers today. Like that took me like three years to get to that point where I'm no longer just triggered almost like men are you know the longer they're in recovery they're no longer as triggered um it's just kind of like like slight 
noise um and it's no longer like like in yeah. your face so i would say yeah. that was so much for me like yeah and it's three years um, yeah that puts yeah. it in perspective what did it feel like like do you remember waking up and, and having that feeling or was it more like in retrospect that you realize wait a minute i haven't had that, that feeling of being triggered in a while yeah you know what i think i didn't have the right tools uh and so for me yeah it was it was more of like a retrospect of me looking at okay this is actually what i started doing and uh and that's what helped me uh that's what helped me to no longer have those triggers sort of like i didn't have the right tools to be able to help me with those triggers so that's why it took so long yeah okay that makes sense there were some sweet moments along the way where I'll, I remember Helena being like, John, that would normally trigger me. Like, yeah. I, I like actually feel so healthy feel right so now. Healthy. So there's like some really sweet flagpole, flag posts or whatever we want to milestones. And year three was really big for both of us. That's really when I started getting into like J Stringer type of healing. Cool. That's really started going deep into my story. Like everything before that wasn't behavior modification, but it was very much a lot of awareness, a lot of understanding, but not how do you actually heal those things? So like pure desire, it's all really good, but I think there's some limitations. So when I really dug into like unwanted Jay Stringer, mm. sort of Ruboa from Husband Material, I just really started shaping my mind as to, wow, like I still carry shame around things. And that's really where healing, I think that's where sobriety started turning into freedom. Mm. Yeah, that's really well said. Helena, were you going to add something? I was just thinking like this is, I was just thinking about, I think for the listeners to have it in perspective, like uh, this journey can be a bit confusing. And I, I was actually thinking yeah. because this is it's a journey of trust, it's really building your trust back. So I was maybe thinking uh, just for two minutes, a little quickly explain, like I do believe that, uh, you know, our trust is sort of like this garden story where you know, I allow Sean into my place and we're there together. Like we're together in this place of garden that is like, as we start, it's beautiful. And it's like, there's flowers. And I've been like, uh, you know, having all this beautiful place there. And I fence it out because I don't always trust everybody. Mm. And so I let Sean in I, I and I let him to be in my space um, that we are enjoying together and we are cultivating together. Uh, but if he obviously the the natural consequence, if he start looking outside and 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 he actually loses the trust by like doing certain things, he breaks the trust uh, by lying, uh, by not following through and by like I would say the lying is the the biggest thing. Now, all of the things in the garden just naturally start to like being dead like hmm. sort of like imagine he's like looking outside of the fence and like as he's looking he's like trampling on everything and it's like dead and and right. and it's like and then he's pretending that he didn't do anything any of that <laughs> i was so, already dead before here before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like i think what i want to like pe people to help explain is that you know, obviously, like Sean brought that pornography into marriage, and now, uh, like that is just happening in the lies and everything. So, I would say, like, what was helpful is that we both look at the garden and we're like, okay, like, do we, I, Sean, I need you to, if, if let's just look at this honestly, what's actually happened here? And yeah. Sean actually, not just like, oh, no, it's okay. And he's just like, keeps doing what he's doing, but he actually, I see an action where he picks up the shovel, he picks up the, the, you know, he, he takes the, the wheelbarrow and, mm. and is by the flowers, the best flowers just start putting. And we are both like working on the garden again and trying to like replant it and, and make it all beautiful. And, and we are both looking at it and it's like, 
honey, I want to like, I want to replant the, the, the garden too, but I like, I'm not going to be doing this by myself. You know, yeah. I want yeah. so for me to rebuild the trust with him back. I need to see he, that he wants to replant the flowers as well. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably pretty hard for women because um, like I would say generally women are very loyal, right? And um, sometimes loyal to people who are not as loyal to them, right? So you guys obviously are a great example of when you do have loyalty on both sides and there's a willingness, uh, what can happen? Not everybody gets that. So I think that that's really helpful. So the it sounds like year three was the real turning point. Like this is when like you, things are really gaining traction. And I know that that's blossomed in a secret habit and some of the stuff you're doing now. Um, and Sean, you said you're in like you're five and a half years in. So I guess it's been the last two and a half years where things have really like really, I, I guess, ramped up, right? Both in your marriage uh, personally and professionally with secret habit. What has it felt like in comparison to those first three years? What, how would you describe the differences that you guys have now in your own lives and your marriage? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that there is always this lingering lie that Helena is not safe, even though she continually proved herself to be a safe person. Um, I, I didn't grow up with safety in my family. So safety has never been something I've felt. And the way that Helena continually proved to me that she's safe, that has blossomed over this last couple of years of me feeling like I can be fully honest and I'm able to make mistakes. And what, she's, is, what has she done that's demonstrated that she's safe? She's very curious and compassionate. She asks hmm. questions. She wants to understand Sean. She doesn't just belittle what happened. She's very curious and compassionate. And that's not my family that I grew up in. And it's I was always petrified of being honest with my family. So right. that has been something that has really blossomed in the last couple of years as yeah. We became parents as well. Like there's been a, a huge level of grace needed. And I have yeah. I've felt that from Helena grace, but also truth. And she models that so well. <laughs> What's that, Helena? Sorry, it, it cut out. Can you say that again? What, what was that? That I have my moments. So yeah. <laughs> one time, Sean is like, Helena, you need counseling. <laughs> We've had some beef and it's good. <laughs> not like I'm not just, yeah, there's you know, conflict too, you know, but yeah, most times, um, I think we do, we do conflict. Like actually, we actually do conflict now do and conflict. it goes in a yeah. mature way. But yeah. overall, I would say just, is this like the beauty of this? I think that's what you're trying to say, right? The beauty uh, is within like looking at each other and like the garden is rebuilt and it's beautiful it's plentiful and what i mean by that is like it's there is no longer this stupid stuff like in the way you know <laughs> just that we are fighting about and it's this if there triggers if if in case like something comes out it's just we know how to sort of navigate that yeah um, that it's not this blow up it's just something that we understand now and it's just, I don't know how to say it. Like, there's just this freedom in our in our marriage. And I would say, I would just attribute this to this reality that you have freedom and you have true intimacy when you are standing in front of, in front of each other, naked and unashamed. And the mm. nakedness, and this is kind of what we are experiencing, is the nakedness is actually in the understanding of knowing one another. That's right. And, like, I actually love Sean because I know him. And, yeah. and he can feel loved because I love him 
not because he's perfect, but just I love him because I know, like, I know Sean, like the way he is, like with mm. everything. And Sean knows me, like how beautiful it is. Like he can love me with all my, like he loves me and I'm like, just have my flaws. And like, I look at my mirror and I just see like, there's flaws within me and just, we, and Sean, within Sean and just the flaws in my story. But, and he knows my story. And that's how we like, and when we met, when we, there are problems, then we like figure that out again. It just goes even deeper and even more intimate. And so there's this, like, I just love that because mm. that's what actually like sex then can thrive because you don't have like hiding of one another. And so then there's this greater connection because it just goes above and beyond. I think that's really like the God's design for sexuality is so much more beautiful and more flourishing than any sort of thing that the media tells us is actually such a lie yeah and yeah and if if you guys aren't watching the video and you're just listening helena's face just lit up like a christmas tree as she was explaining that this is like very genuine uh very very authentic uh which is so cool to see you guys so okay i want to reward the listeners who have stayed all the way to the end of the interview and ask you guys what what are like some practical things that can actually rebuild the garden, quote unquote? Like, how does this translate into everyday life? Um, and I think um, I think our listeners will have some different ideas, but you guys have properly lived this out. And I, I would love to hear the kind of insights you guys have to offer for that. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a big difference that they go hand in hand, but they're often separated in recovery is kind of this doing recovery and kind of being being recovery is maybe a way to put it. like a lot of times there's yeah. this, like guys go to meetings every night they're always doing recovery things but they get it becomes an idol and hmm. there's no wow. internal there's no slowing down to reflect on who am i with porn without pornography there's no slowing down mm -hmm. to actually recognize what what are you thinking about what what turn what puts you into fight mode flight mode freeze mode like actually slowing down not doing anything but reflecting i think that's one of the biggest things that helena started seeing with me is i started slowing down and thinking about what i was thinking about and slowing down and realizing what's actually going on instead of just like going to a meeting tonight going to a meeting tonight it was like wow like sean's not just going places he's changing from the inside out and we kind of use that in the garden analogy that helena saw me getting down on my hands and knees planting seeds in the garden and with mm. he did it like it's sort of like when you give you give joyfully it's sort of like that where he was doing that because he really wanted to he didn't yeah. do that because oh helena like told I, I really I was like Han, I don't want you to do anything because I I was like because I'm like so betrayed and whatever I want you to do this because you understand that you want this for yourself that you yeah. want it for the future family that you want it for us together yeah. like it's just like it's not just me this I'm just like I'm just a recipient of what this natural consequences look like when it's happening yeah 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 it makes a lot of sense so um the last thing uh, maybe to just land this all on is you guys are are making a pretty big effort these days to really help people in need. Sean, I know you're especially focused on helping men and obviously you guys have some great perspective. Um, the, the one thing that I can't shake from what you guys have shared is just the value of honesty. Like Helena, I love the way you put that and how like you weren't looking for perfection. You just wanted the truth. You know, you just wanted 
um, to know what was really going on. Um, any final tips or, or pieces of advice for people who maybe are they maybe they are hearing this and like I know that's what I need to do, but it's so difficult. And what if she leaves me? And and what if the the marriage blows up or the relationship blows up and we don't stay together? Um, I wonder if you can just um, talk people through that a little bit. How could they at least take a step in this direction to just being a bit more honest in their relationship? Um, and Helena, I would love to actually hear your comments on like what are things that women can do um, when they receive this kind of difficult information that actually positively contributes to the relationship as well. Share first. Yeah, you yeah. can share first, not you. Yeah, so there's kind of two things. One, one of them is this difference between pain and suffering. And I'm not talking about like biblical suffering where we are to suffer with Christ. I'm talking about like the suffering of hopelessness. Often what happens when men are struggling with pornography is they they think that telling their wife honestly about what's going on is going to cause them pain. But as mm -hmm. we've already talked, women know what's going on. They're very smart. They're actually suffering behind the scenes because there's hopelessness. Mm -hmm. When we actually share what's going on, it brings a level of pain, but pain can heal. Suffering is endless. It's hopeless, but pain can heal. And I think it's so important that men smarten up <laughs> and realize, yeah, yeah. man, like really realize that they're not hiding anything. Our wives know everything. They feel it yeah. in every minute of every day, the way we act or don't act, the way we are sexually, the way we avoid sex. It's all there. They're very smart. So that'd be the first thing. And then just recently, Helen and I were really rocked by this uh, fellow we really admire on YouTube. He was saying there's a huge difference between right standing and being good. We, being nice. Being nice, right? There's this idea of like, we, huh. oh, like, that's good because it's going to make them feel a certain way. And that's like, that's how we're supposed to live as Christians. But righteousness is so different than good. Mm. And what, what would be right standing in the eyes of the Lord? Because if we are honoring God, everything else will fall into place. We so often think we need to honor each other. And then it's like the Bible comes second, but it doesn't work that way. Hmm. It doesn't Dang. work that way. Yeah, I think the example would be like, let's say... Uh, you know, Joseph, when he was throwing up all the like he stirred up all the grains and everything. And now the famine hit and all the people like the poor people that are literally just right now suffering. And and he's asking them to pay for the grains that he already like one fifth of them. He already took like imagine like today's today we would be like, oh, that's like terrible. Like you should just give it away. Like you don't do that, you know, mm. and but it's like there was a plan and 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 Joseph was actually right standing and there was a plan like if you actually read to the end like there is a plan to why this needed to happen and the people needed to pay yeah. and so uh, it, it's like we would just think oh that is not good from Joseph to do this you know and it's like <laughs> it's sort of like that where we just don't we kind of lose that side of the things maybe like how they are uh, we just culturally actually like we think certain things are good but they're not right yeah. um yeah. So that's sort of that. And yeah, that, that that's all I had to share. Yeah. And take yeah. it away. Take it away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, with the, with the people, like with the, with the, how I, yeah, I, I just feel like for me, it was mm, realizing like when I was hit with that, I think the, my biggest mistake was I went inward and I, uh, I didn't connect with anybody on that. And, uh, or mm -hmm. I also went like, um, I dealt with it with 
really great anger. And I just want to, I just want to say something like every woman is going to deal with it differently. So I think men need to be prepared. And that is the consequence that they need to be prepared for. Like you guys, like, I'm so sorry, you know, through all the things that you guys have gone through as men and the way that it happened to you. And then you start, and then you start watching pornography in whatever way it happened. Uh, maybe there, there, there's for every one of you is there's a story of how it happened and why it happened and how, how why it continues to happen. But the reality of things is that the action is contributed to you and it's contributed mm. to, to the fact that you are doing the action. Yeah. And nobody, there's nobody holding your hands in that place, you know. And it's like nobody's <laughs> actually putting a screen in front of you right on purpose. It yeah. is happening, even though it happened in, it's very difficult to stop. It is still happening and the action is contributed. And that therefore now you are have to deal with the fact that now you have to deal with the consequence of the action that is simply just a natural order of things. Mm-hmm. And now are we willing to face that consequence? But I think we are going to, I like to say this just like, just to, towards the end, like, like we are going to, are, is that worse than where you're at right now? Really? Because if this continues to happen, you know, I think we have that idea. Of, oh, that's so much harder. No, no, no. It's much harder to stay where you are than yeah. harder. To, that's then harder to say that and, and harder to be honest. And I think that's exactly like the women is going to honor. That's natural order of things. The the woman is there when we are honest with one another, it is not going to diminish the relationship is going to, it's going to help the relationship heal. If we're continuing to be honest and we're growing together. And I think for me, it was like, I needed to, I needed to have some women around me. Um, and I regret that I didn't have them earlier because if I would have, it would have slowed the process of three years of pain to probably mm. like six months. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Guys, this has been amazing. Um, I know people are going to want to connect, find out more. Uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. I think the best thing as we're podcasting right now, we have our own podcast, the secret habit podcast. And as Helena sharing, we actually have a whole episode on what you just asked us about that pain versus suffering. Like what do you, how do you handle those things? So that's what we're talking Perfect. about on our show is God's design for sexuality, these hard relationship struggles, recovery, et cetera. So that would be the best place to start is the Secret Habit podcast. But then from there, uh, I offer a community for men that is secrethabit.ca slash community. That's a great place to start. There's virtual courses on there for free. I do a monthly live training and there's just some great content there to build trust, feel safe. And then if you just want to learn more about Secret Habit before you do anything else, secrethabit.ca is where we have all of our information, blogs. We blog once or you know a few times a month, usually once a week if we're on fire there. <laughs> we got some time. <laughs> but there's just some great content there if you really want to learn more about who we are, why we do what we do, and what's our approach. We have some great resources for you to build trust with us before you decide to go further and contact us for coaching, buy a program, or anything else. We really believe in helping people build trust with us before we ask them for anything yeah this is amazing guys well what what an unbelievable story i know you've encouraged a lot of people today here and we'll make sure we put links to all that in the show notes but in the meantime uh so love and appreciate both of you and what you're doing very grateful for the work uh, that you're up to and uh, just praying that god continues to bless you guys thanks so much for your time today here thank you Cynthia. you're a great host my friend 
Alrighty, well, there you have it. I told you that was a banger. Those guys are amazing. Learned a lot from them. And that was one of those interviews that just felt like it could have kept going. Uh, I completely lost track of time. I actually had another interview that I was the guest on and I was late to it because this one just kept going and I was just enjoying it. But hey, um, it was totally worth it. Uh, guys, go check them out. Okay, secrethabit.ca slash community. Link is in the show notes. And then their, their um, podcast, I believe, is also called Secret Habit. And you guys are just going to learn a ton from them. I would say especially especially if you're in a relationship, you want to be in a relationship or like your current marriage is struggling and you identify with some of the issues like like just don't be don't be bashful, don't be del- uh, delinquent about this. Just go and do it. Go check them out. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. The links are in the show notes. And in the meantime, guys, um, I want to just remind you that if you are a Christian professional man struggling with porn addiction, you've come to the right place, okay? This is our area of specialty. We work with men who are struggling to get to the roots of their situation. And if you feel like, man, I keep making progress, but I always have a setback or I always hit a ceiling and I can't go any further, there's more for you, okay? There's more for you and it is going to involve a process where you actually get to the roots, even if you've tried already, um, I guarantee you there's probably still some unresolved roots that need to be tackled and we can help you do that. Now, if that's something you're interested in, I have put a link in the show notes to book a time with someone in our uh, on our team. Uh, we basically just, uh, well, we want to hear your story and if we feel like based on your situation, we think we can help you, then we talk about what it looks like to move forward and if we don't feel like we can help you, then we'll redirect you, we'll refer you, we'll give you some resources, we'll do whatever we can to help. Uh, I promise the call is valuable. It's not just like some hard sell. Uh, we really just believe in serving people. And we know that if uh, the right people come our way, we might get a chance to work with them. And that if we don't, uh, that's okay. You know, it's still no harm, no foul. We at least got to speak with you. So uh, the link is in the show notes there if you want to book a time. And uh, we only have a certain number of spots open every single week. It's possible you might actually click on this and no spots are available. So I just want to encourage you, take advantage of it. If you, uh, if you know it's time to make a change and to finally get the help you deserve, the link is there. In the meantime, guys, much love. If you found some value in this, make sure you share it with somebody that you love and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.